are listening to Estate at the Union, estate planning made simple. Here's your host, Brad Wewell, from Texas Trust Law in Austin, Texas. Hi, this is Brad Wewell with Texas Trust Law. Welcome back to another episode of the Estate of the Union. This is our podcast. We talk about all kinds of estate planning issues, and today we got a really serious topic, and it's a topic that we work on and see weekly in our office, and the topic is troubled children. And everybody's got a problem. My dad used to say, what do people that don't have kids worry about? Well, if you're watching this and you don't have kids, you probably worry about other things, maybe health, maybe money, maybe the country, lots of things to worry about. But if you have children, you tend to worry about your children. Even if they're doing well, you tend to worry about your children and grandchildren, etc. But I'm going to talk about a deeper subject here. And this is where we have to worry about somebody that is worth worrying about, and that's a troubled child. Here at Texas Trust Law, we see many, many families that have a child that, for whatever reason, isn't going according to the script. Now, going according to the script is a broad uh, statement. I didn't go according to the script. Uh, In my family, I was, I'm sure, the one my mother worried about the most, and by gosh, she should have worried about me. Ultimately, uh, I matured, I cleaned up, I found the Lord, I got a wife, and things went well. But we're talking about longitudinally problematic kids. And I want to say this, uh, if you're watching and you have a troubled child, you are not alone. This is a weekly occurrence. It sometimes will go a couple weeks without meeting with a family that has a troubled child, but is very, very common. And trouble is a spectrum from we have no contact with them, we don't know where they are, they are out there and we want to disinherit them. Trouble can also mean we've got a child that has mental health issues, may have substance abuse issues, maybe can't work, isn't working, in a bad marriage, who knows? And, and, and frankly, if you have a troubled child, you know. So what does this have to do with estate planning? Well, the most important thing when there is a troubled child in this family is to make sure the troubled child doesn't cause trouble for others. And that's sometimes a case we're really concerned that Johnny Judy is going to come in after we're gone and stir up all kinds of trouble. We can prevent that. But beyond that, we want to make sure what you leave the troubled child isn't going to harm them or make them more troublesome. And we deal with clients from very modest estates to very large estates. We are a a soup to nuts estate planning law firm. This is all we do, but we see it all. And whether it's a, a relatively small amount of money, maybe $10,000, or a relatively large amount of money, $10 million, how somebody receives that money, whether they're perfectly mentally healthy or not, can have a big impact on their lives, and again, particularly if they're troubled. So let's talk about ways to protect a troubled child from the money. We had a, a case here where 
a young woman had developed an addiction, a serious drug addiction. Uh, money was going to come to her directly, and if she got the money directly, she would have used it to buy more drugs and potentially kill herself. So what we do in situations like that is create a trust for the troubled child. And the troubled child doesn't get to be the trustee of that trust. Somebody else is going to be the trustee of that trust. Now that brings up the question, who should be the trustee? And our very strong opinion on that is it shouldn't be a sibling. Because if a sibling is the trustee of a troubled child, the sibling probably already has a strained relationship with that sibling anyway. And if I've got my big brother or my little sister over my money, who died and made them pope? I hate them even more. And the, the good kid that stuck managing the money and distributing money to the troubled kid is going to get calls at 3 o'clock in the morning saying, I need money, I need money, I need money. And, and maybe they don't, but just to harass them. So when we're dealing with troubled children, we strongly urge our clients to pick a third party and typically would urge them to pick a trust company. And a trust company is there. They work eight to five. They deal with troubled children all the time. You can structure things to where the troubled child is always uh, has money available to them, but not too much money or not money that would um, harm them or discourage them. So a lot of times with large amounts of money, I get it and I don't have to work and I'm not gonna work and I quit work. And you know, I mean, that's okay. An inheritance, is, it can be a blessing, but an inheritance can be a curse too. And if somebody who is not the most naturally ambitious person inherits money and they're on the younger side of life, they may not work the money can run out and then we have another problem too. So getting the money managed by somebody who's a professional is a wise decision. However, another however, right? We're lawyers, we think about this stuff all the time. Who's gonna manage that company, all right? So we do, we work with trust companies and if you ever see the term bank and trust, that means that bank has a trust company and they manage money for people long-term. And there are banks that have trust companies, there are private trust companies. We work with many, many of them. They're good, they're professionals. What we like about them is they'll follow the rules and they'll make sure things work well. They charge money, uh, and I don't wanna charge that. Doesn't matter, whoever you pick, we're gonna say should be paid because they're gonna be dealing with this troubled person too. So they're gonna pay reasonable rates and what's nice about a trust company is you can go on the website and see how much they charge. Well, that's pretty handy. And they're all gonna charge just about the same because this is a competitive business and they all post their fees on the website. So they can see what somebody else is charging. They're all gonna be about the same. About one to one and a half percent a year is what they're typically getting on charge. But we wanna manage that trust company because despite the fact they're called a trust company, we don't trust it, nor should we, right? So we'll have our clients pick maybe the good kid, not as the trustee, but as the trust protector. And sometimes we don't have a good kid. Sometimes a good kid doesn't want to do it. Sometimes a good kid, yeah, is not the appropriate person. So we'll ask, do you have a friend or a, another family member that could be the trust protector? The trust protector's role in a situation where you have a troubled child is not to write checks, not to make investment decisions. So they aren't in on the front line with uh, the troubled child. Their job is to keep their eye on the trustee. 
and they can fire the trustee and they can hire another trustee. Now this is a very powerful position and something that is very important and to let you know we build in trust protector provisions in all our trusts because we don't know that somebody's not going to go bad later and we need to remove them. So if, if we have a trust company, we'll have a trust protector who can make sure that the troubled child is being treated fairly, but also uh, that the money that we've got for the troubled child doesn't dissipate too soon because for many, many, many of these troubled children, they're not working good jobs, they're not acquiring wealth, they're not buying homes. Whatever you leave them may be all the money they will ever have. They may not even be qualified for a quarter skit Social Security. So the money that you leave them has to last and a trust protector can blow the whistle on a trust company who's maybe given too much out or frankly too little out. Okay? Maybe They've got Johnny or Judy in a, a substandard housing and there's plenty of money there. Let's move them up. Let's get them something nicer. Maybe they've got a car that's banged up, broken down, whatever. Well, we're not going to go buy them a new car. We're not going to buy them a Maserati. We're going to buy them a Corvette. We're not going to buy them a new Honda Civic, but we are going to buy them a good used car. Okay? So things like that so we can make sure the trust company is responsive and responsible. And in fact, I'll tell you this, this is a secret that trust companies have inside of them. Uh, it's called a stand-up clause. Now, having a trust protector in your documents is a stand-up clause. Here's, here's how stand-up clause works. And again, trust companies and their employees all know about stand-up clauses. So if a trust that names the bank as the trustee doesn't have a stand-up clause. That means that the trust company can't be fired. There's no mechanism in that trust to fire that trustee. And the beneficiary shows up at the trust company and says, hey, I'm here, I need some more money. Well, there's no, there's no uh, stand-up clause. So the, the receptionist buzzes the trust officer and says, that, that whiny, we will kids out here again. And he, he, you know he's going to want more money. Oh, the trustee, trust officer rolls their eyes. Oh, my gosh, they're back again. Weren't they here last year? Yeah, you're last. Oh, my gosh. All right, all right. I'll get out there in a little while. So the trust officer, you know, goes and gets another cup of coffee, checks the sports scores, maybe emails their, their uh, somebody else, and eventually goes out and sees what that whiny, wee well kid wants. If the trust has a trust protector that can fire, that trust has a stand-up clause. And when the receptionist clicks to the trust officers and says, that whiny wee well kid's out there, and that trust officer knows there's a mechanism to fire the trust company, then the trust officer immediately stands up and goes and talks to the beneficiary. They just are nicer, they're more responsive. And we build that into everything we do around here, every trust that comes out of here, so that we know the family and the beneficiary is protected from an unreasonable trustee, okay? We have clients that have kids, again, that are gone, and sometimes we disinherit kids. There's kind of a halfway point from a full disinheritance to a full in, and it's not just cutting back on how much they receive or how they get it. 
But there's another document that we use here that's called a Declaration of Guardian that's very powerful. If we ever have to go to court to get a guardian appointed for you because something didn't work, there's a medical guardian, there's a financial guardian on the Declaration of Guardian, we can say never pick this troubled child of mine to be my medical guardian or my financial guardian so that they can't ever get control of your health care decisions or your finance decisions. We're not done with troubled kids. And again, it's, it's something, I don't want to say we specialize in it, but we sure do a lot of work in this area. Um, if you have that situation, we'd be happy to help you. We'll, we'll come back with another podcast on something that we've seen a lot of recently, parental alienation syndrome, where the in-law is cutting off contact with the parent. That's, that's more than we can cover today. It's another version of a troubled kid, but that's got other implications that uh, will keep you on the edge. Next time we come back, we'll talk about parental alienation syndrome and the problems with that, and it's unusually common. But today, I wanna focus and wrap up on this. If you or someone you know has a troubled child, please give them our name. Uh, our office is open five days a week. Uh, we have company consultations. We have seven lawyers. This is all we do. Uh, Wade, our producer of this podcast, wanted me to make sure to mention that uh, we have blog posts. You can go to our website, texastrustlaw.com. Uh, you can read uh, one of our blogs on this topic, and Wade mentioned this is one of the most popular blog topics that we've got, gets the most hits. You can read some of our 350-plus Google reviews. So thankfully, people like us, and you can read why they like us and learn more about us, too. You may already be a client and seeing this, and you know you like us. Anyway, we appreciate you being a client. Uh, so just understand that it's common. Uh, one of the things that you may deal with, again, if you have this troubled child, is you think you're the only person that has this problem. You're the only, because your, your friends, their kids are perfect. They're perfect. Oh, yeah, Junior's perfect. Johnny's perfect. Judy's perfect. Married perfect people have perfect grandkids. And how your kids doing? And I have told people, lie. It's okay to lie. So kid align this situation. Yeah, Johnny's doing great. He just got his PhD from Harvard and he's going to be teaching at MIT. Sure, probably not a lot. That's a big lie. But you don't have to tell everything you know about uh, to your cutesy little friend and your very successful friend. Um, it's okay. We can help you. If you need our help, love to help you. TexasTrustLaw.com, 512-480-8828. This is Brand Wewell. Thanks for watching. We'll see you soon.